Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Empty Chairs, Empty Tables. We are live from New York! Yeah! We're here on Broadway. It's nearly 10 o'clock at night. We've just come out of uh, a production of Hades Town at the Walter Kerr Theatre. Did you all enjoy it? Yes! Yeah! So I'm here with lots of students from ARU. Uh, so I'm going to talk to some of them and talk about the production. We're going to see a couple of more productions and we'll talk about those later in the show. But let's start with, uh, with Hades Town. Okay, so uh, who loved it? Who loved it? Yeah, okay, Eli, tell me why. What did you love about it? Ah, everything! <laughs> the design, the music, the, the turntable, the turntable. Okay, so the turntable was something that's in the show. If you go and see the production, there's kind of a, there's a, there's a double turntable in the centre of the stage, a revolve, uh, which they used to great effect, didn't they? What were your favourite bits of that? I, I loved the, um, when Eurydice ended up going down. You can, you, can, sorry, you, can, you can say that. It's okay. We can do some spoilers. We can do some spoilers. Okay, who, let's talk about the, uh, the vocal performances because they were, they were pretty on point. So my personal favourite was Jewel Blackman who played Persephone. Yes. Uh, who's, enjoying, who's enjoying her? Tell me. Oh, she's my favourite. She's my favourite character. Why? She's just incredible. Okay, but why? <laughs> I don't know. I just... The songs she sings are amazing. Like Our Lady of the Underground is one of my favourites um, and she just does it so well. Yeah. And you knew the score going into it, did you? Yeah. 100%. Okay, so who didn't know the score going know. in? Kai, you didn't know the score going in. What did you think of it on a first <laughs> listen? Uh, I liked it very much. Um, I don't know. It was it was just really good. I wasn't expecting it to be like the way it was. It's very jazzy. Very, it's very, very jazzy, good. very bluesy. What do you think about the, the, the band all being on stage? Oh, Best thing about it, I think. Okay, why did you like the band being on stage? It's so interactive. Like, you'd like see them all, like, the pianist just picked up and played an accordion randomly, yeah. like, halfway through. I was like, oh my god, period, great. The pianist who was also the conductor. Uh, let's go back to, um, I want to talk about uh, Andre de Shield, who played Hermes. The guy, the man is 75 years old. He comes on, his, his charisma is fantastic. Uh, who was seeing him for the first time? Just show of hands. Callum, tell me, what did you think? Stellar. His voice was very low, very bass, and I was like, wow. Because I think it's very impressive to sing low. So I was like, woo! Every time he kept going lower and lower, and I was like, ah! The resident baritone. Baritone! Amazing. Baritone. And, and well, and, but the lowest guy in it was Hades, right? So the, oh the beef of Hades. <laughs> now let's, let's just take a moment to talk to Amira. Amira, you... because Amira, you had quite a special experience in this show, right? Yes. <laughs> that man is unreal. Everything about that man is unreal. His voice is Oh my god, I genuinely can't explain how much I love that man. I am in love with Hades. <laughs> End of sentence. And that is, that is the case for more bases in musical theatre. We definitely yeah. need more bases in musical theatre. Yeah. Uh, and so this is a question for the ladies. The, so the woman who was playing Eurydice, I thought that was kind of a masterclass in like mixing and belting. Yeah, what did you take? What did you take from her? Someone talk to me about Eurydice. Sophie? Even with Arda? Yes, that's it. Yeah. What's what her name? Even Noble's harder. That's it, yeah. What a babe. What um, a babe. What a babe. <laughs> what do you want me to say? What did you think of her? She was incredible. Like, her bout is so clear. Like, it's just beautiful. It sounded very easy, didn't it? Yeah, like, it, none of it was, like, push. It just came out, like, perfectly. Beautiful. Okay, now I'm going to play devil's advocate. Who didn't enjoy it as much? Hannah, what, what, were, your reservations, what were your reservations about the show? I've outed you to the group. I'm sorry. So I love the production and the set and the lighting and everything to go with it, but I felt that the plot was a little too thin. There wasn't really a moment in the show where I was kind of like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? It all just kind of felt very thin, very like 
one way stream and I kind of you kind of knew how it was going to end before the trailer started I I have to say I kind of agree with you on this Adam and I were talking about this uh, in the interval he was loving it but he even he admitted the plot is a little bit thin do you agree on that or do you care but to be fair, the plot is of the Greek myth, uh, yeah, myth of you know Orpheus and so it's kind of already written. So, like, I agree, but... But you're, kind of, you're not going to blame them because blame this is what they had to work with. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, there is no urine time, we just kill people. But he's telling you that what's going to happen later on, and then even, yeah. even, even then, when it still happens, you're still shocked. Like, I audibly gasped yeah. and Abby was like shut up I think the fact that they've taken so many Brechtian styles yeah. and like made it still like involved we've they've made the audience so involved even though they've used so many techniques that are usually made to dissociate the audience I love that and the audience, the audience definitely did love it because there was a big standing ovation at the end. Let's get a final word from my, my erstwhile colleague, uh, my dear colleague, Adam. Adam Gerber. Come on, Adam. What did, you, what did you think of the show? Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I couldn't see it in the UK, um, and I'm so glad that I was able to see it with the cast, that were, the, most of the cast that were in the UK. I, I loved it. It was good storytelling. It was, it was honest, good, yeah, theatre good piece of this okay so there we are that's our review of Town on Broadway thank you very much for joining me everyone we'll be back talking about another show shortly so after the uh, joy of Town yesterday we've come to some audition workshops this morning we're still just off Broadway we're on the 16th floor uh, of a building just off Broadway I can look out the window and see the top of the Empire State Building so we've got some fabulous views here we're in the Ripley Greer uh, studios and we're with Angela Pierce. Angela so much for Thank you so much for coming in and talking to our students today. Um, tell us first of all a bit about yourself and then we'll talk about auditioning. Um, first of all, thank you so much for coming and it is such an honor to have you guys here, especially after um, a wonderful almost two, two and a half years of a mm -hmm. shutdown of a pandemic. So getting back to Broadway, as we like to say, is really exciting for all of us because all of us as artists, are we've been just kind of chewing at the bit. So. And having this podcast and having this platform must be so exciting for you guys as well and for all your listeners. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I started in the business as a child actor. Um, my parents moved here from New York City. My dad was an actor and my mom was a costume designer. And I always like to say that I became a heart surgeon because I feel like what we do as actors, we open ourselves up, we make ourselves vulnerable to the script to the characters, to the other actors on stage, and then of course to the audience. And then we move back on and tell our next story and we sew ourselves back up and on and on and on. And so I like to use that as sort of a reference. And also I feel like so much of our business is about having to process a lot of information. And I'm always trying to think of how can I be present? How can I be mindful in my process? And it, I always come back to the breath. The breath is a big thing for me, and at, in my process leaving Juilliard as a young actor, I would put the characters on the outside in, and realizing that I wasn't bringing from the inside out as easily. I felt like I, was, I wanted to hide a little bit because I was not totally comfortable in my own skin. So the characters helped me feel more alive, more free. And then I realized the more I kept going, that really everyone wanted to see a little piece of me. And so slowly I started taking off the exterior 
build up the character and just started going from the inside out. And of course, a lot of plays are you know different and scripts are different and they want to call different things from you. But ultimately, I think it's about, for me, being as present as I can be so that I can tell the most honest, truthful, grounded story as the character. And really thinking about characters as human beings, human behavior is so interesting to me. So when you've talked to our students today about auditioning, I think you've kind of broken it down into three bits. What you do before you get in the room or do the tape, what you do in the room, and then how you let it go afterwards. So let's talk a bit about those. So let's talk about preparation first. I mean, what are your big tips for helping people get ready? Oh my gosh, I'm a big research nerd. So if I don't know something or if I feel like I do know it, I still look it up anyway because I feel like anything that influences our imagination to dig deep so that the character is totally fulfilling from our toes up to the tippy top of our head so that we're really in the experience. If I have never lived in a particular region where they want me to be a character that's lived before or that's visited or something, I'll look up that region. I'll find out maybe pictures and examples. I used to go to the museum a lot. I have to start to do that now that we've been opening up because that gives me information about stuff. I usually don't have a lot of time with a whole script. I usually just have side pages, so I just comb the script and um, the character description with as much knowledge and information as I can get in so that I can make a three-dimensional person come to life. Um, And then, you know, now we're just really self-taping a lot. We're not really back in the room fully. Some auditions have been coming back little by little, which is really wonderful because I do feel like we miss that camaraderie, that connection with the casting director and with the others in the room. Plus there's information that's being lost a little bit, which we don't always get when we're in the room that we get from the casting director. So we're doing self-tapes. So it's, you know, we're having to be our makeup artist and our costume designer and our lighting and our cameraman and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, we just want to make sure that we're free and open and telling the most clear, most succinct story that we can as a character without getting all of that periphery stuff on the side. And then sending in, I think it takes me longer to upload my auditions than it does to actually do them. So that's a whole nother. But I'm getting more and more technically savvy, which is cool. But it's, you know, then letting it go. And that the letting it go is something that I, I, still, I still am in process about. It's tough because we put so much work. You know, it's like, you know, drawing up a spec for an amazing proposal for something and you want to make the best proposal possible. And you may not always get your proposal met. It may not be the right proposal. But you just have to know that you've put in all of this amazing work and then trust yourself and then let it go. And then something else, the universe has some other plan for you around the corner. I really liked you made a, a point you made about the sort of the two things you're trying to get across in the room. One is that you're a really interesting artist and two, you're a total pro and that you can come in and do a job and be relied upon. Um, how do you find how do you find the best way to get kind of the balance of those two things to show both of those when you meet a panel? or you send in a self-tape? I I mean, I spoke to the class before about one is just really showing up on time, if not a little bit early. Not too, too early, so as you're not log jamming the whole waiting room and stuff, but you want to show up on time. You want to do your work, so you're you're making sure that your, your work, your workplace is kind of there. And then you want to get into the room and try and be as open and available as possible, but with all of the information from the script. And then... Be, just be present 
and be present to, they might throw, you know, say, hey, tell us a little bit about your day. So just trying to throw your personality into the mix and then do your work and then have fun. We love seeing actors having fun, right? We love it. So watching an actor just in process having fun, even if it's a really dramatic role, if you're really invested, we'll watch you for hours. Can you remember the auditions that you've done where you walked out and thought, yeah, that one, I nailed that. I really hit kind of a sweet spot today. And can you remember like, how you got to those points, how, what you did to, to, to do the really fine auditions? Um, I, I do most, uh, most recently. There's a couple of auditions that I feel like I really nailed, but there was one in particular that um, I was out of town working on a play and I was asked to uh, put myself on tape for a TV show. And it took place in Boston, and I loved the character. There was something about as soon as I read the character, I was like, this is it. I love this woman. There was a lot of subtext going on underneath. There was a lot of room for me to play within the two scenes that I was given. And um, I just, I identified with it so well. And the lines just came. When you are in that sort of, when the lines just come, and of course it's also really good writing, and this is a really well-written show, the lines just came, the character just came, it was just, all of it just was this wonderful symmetry that happened. And when the tape, when the camera started rolling for my self-tape, I just felt like I was there in my bedroom having this conversation with my husband about this plan that we were going to execute, and it wasn't and it was, it was gonna go off really well, and the lines were just coming, and it just felt great. Now, I didn't book that job, but it was, I had a really great time working on that audition, and it was just a couple of takes, and it was just, it was a wonderful, so it gave me the confidence that when I organically respond to material, listen, listen to what I'm responding to and try and just relax and just be present in the moment. It's a big leap of faith, isn't it? You've got to have that belief that you can do that, that you can just listen and respond. Yeah, it is. And nine times out of ten, you don't always have um, the availability of having a reader who is just, you know, usually it's somebody who's reading with you who's very neutral so that you're doing most of the heavy lifting in the scene. But sometimes you just get lucky, and if the script is written, excuse me, very well, you can just trust that all that work that you're there and just being can just happen and flow. So finally, Angela, you've got your own podcast. It was a lockdown project, wasn't it? Tell me a bit about that. Where can we, where can we hear it? What's it called? Oh my gosh. I, it, it's truly, it's a labor of love. It's called Someone's Thunder Podcast and it was birthed, yes, out of the pandemic with um, my fellow podcaster, uh, co-founder, partner, Stephanie Clapper, who's a casting director, a really famous Stephanie, Stephanie Clapper casting who's been around and in the business for a long time. She casts regionally and, and locally in New York, on and off Broadway, and also some t- a little bit of TV and film, but mostly theater. And she gave me my first job out of Juilliard. And so we started talking the pandemic, and both of us love to listen to radio. We're big NPR fans, and we love storytelling in general. And she said, well, hey, what do you think? Uh, you like listening to radio? And I said, yeah, I like listening to radio. She said, we should start a podcast. And we said, okay, cool. And we started realizing that we had all of these conversations with other actors and other artists, not just actors, but other artists who were wanting to talk about their story and what they were doing and what they were working on and if they got stuck in their process, what unstuck them. And also the love of New York City. The vibrancy of the city is also 
a big sort of um, a big presence in the podcast. And then we have our producer, Amanda Daquila, who's also comes from the arts and finds us some amazing of our amazing guests that we have. We have just kind of run the gamut from visual artists to performing artists to behind the scenes in front of the scenes. So it's it's really cool. It's someone's thunder podcast. We just we're going strong. We're in our second year. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you for your wonderful class. And thank you for talking to us today. And thank you for this amazing opportunity to be on your show. (laughs) I cannot wait to listen to it. You guys have been so lovely. Such a great group of actors. Such a wonderful, wonderful presence. Really talented. So thank you. Thank you. So we've just come out of our final shows of the week here in New York. We've seen a Broadway show and we've seen an off-Broadway show. Adam's with me. Adam, we've seen two shows today. Let's start with A Strange Loop. Now, we saw this at the Lyceum Theatre, a big, beautiful Broadway theatre, book, music and lyrics by Michael R. Jackson. It's a... It's a very different show. It's not uh, your traditional kind of well-made play kind of show. How would how would you explain it? Okay, yeah. Hi. Um, so, strangely, I would firstly I would say it's more of a play with songs. I wouldn't like. I think I have an issue with the word musical anyway because it sort of leads you down a very obvious path. More on that later. <laughs> um, but this, yeah, I would say more of a play with songs. What is it? It is um, an exploration of the central character's psyche and and his journey through that and he is writing a musical about him writing a musical about him writing a musical we're very meta we're very very meta and they comment on that and that's cool um it's yeah it was let me start with the positive it is a black gay story told, black gay male story black gay male story told by black gay male people and i think that's fabulous i we need more of it um, people need to see themselves on stage uh, and it's stories that haven't been told especially by people who absolutely have identified that way but haven't been able to and I think that that is fantastic what this story is is him coming to terms with that and especially with dealing with his family and his culture and how that all ties in together um, so yeah look it did that and I think that's a really good thing that it did that however there are some issues in the execution so, uh, so a bit more about the show. So it's the, we have one central character, and then he has six thoughts. So they're labelled in the programme as thoughts one, thought two, through thought six. Five of them are played by uh, male actors, and there's one female actress in there as well. Those guys also take on multiple other parts during the show, mainly his mother and father and some of his extended family. And through that, that's how we explore his psyche. Um, so, the execution of it, what, what did you take issue with? So, I, I thought the production value was fantastic. The set's amazing. They've obviously thrown a lot of money at it. Some of the producers are amazing. We've got RuPaul produced it. Alan Cumming produced it. Um, uh, who, who else? We've, we, we've got the playbill in front of us. Um, Pasek and Paul are on that list as well. Oh, my goodness. This list is very, very impressive. Jennifer Hudson was on there. Yeah. Um, um, and Don Cheadle is on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, look, <laughs> it's got it's got lots of money and um, lots of money going around it. So great. Um, what it didn't do well, I think it very much showed 
you what was happening and told you what was happening instead of being in any way nuanced in yeah. its story. Right? So what we normally talk about is, is is show, don't tell. So don't have a character stand on stage and tell me I am brave. Let me see him or her doing something brave and then I get the message and that's more effective. But this was totally people just voicing their inner thoughts I am this I am that yeah I, I talk with when people are writing or performing indeed actually more performing than writing you've got layer one um, and I go down to sort of layer seven or eight and it's like all those deeper deeper meanings the subtext all the subtext and um, I think in the writing of this piece we didn't have subtext but let me tell you, the performance was 100% committed. My goodness, I cannot fault. This is a matinee performance, I should say as well. I cannot fault any of these performers. Um, th- there were terrific vocals. Yeah. And there was a terrific range of vocals because the lead guy was a tenor. who used a lot of uh, falsetto as well. But there, And we went right down. We had two unbelievable basses, Loved. which you don't get to hear very much in musical theatre. We heard it in Hades Town the other day, but the basses were great. And the female singer also was fantastic. But for me, it's like we didn't have, uh, we didn't have kind of characters, real character relationships. We didn't have real dynamics and change. There was no real change throughout the whole yeah. piece. Yeah, it did. It definitely ended as it started, which I guess is part of it. It's a strange loop, is what it's called. And um, I feel like it went in directions that I didn't expect it to go in, which I I like as a concept. And um, but some of those directions I feel were a bit forced and potentially trying to do too much. So look, I, listeners in the podcast will know I am I am no stranger to a bit of vulgarity, a bit of, you know, I love a poo joke, I love a <laughs> sex scene, I love it, it's great, why not? There's a 10 minute quite forceful sex scene in this show, there's nothing wrong with that, but I question, is there a better way of doing things? Um, you know, I would say that about a, a, a heterosexual um, scene as well. You know, th- th- there were things in the show that I sat and I was like, okay, this show might not be for me. I am a, a, a white, cisgendered, um, male, uh, straight man here. Um, this show is not for me. Fine. That goes to a certain certain way, but then there becomes a point where I'm like, hold on a second, Like, is, is this actually only for the people doing this show, the people that wrote this show, or can it be, can it hold a mirror to society? Can it show us something deeper than that? It did become, I think it, I think what you're saying is, yeah, it did cross that line from, uh, over to gratuitous in the way it talked about the, the sexual side of um, being gay and the way it showed it and the imagery it used and the way and the language and the references that it kept coming back to. Um, it went beyond kind of shocking to make you think and just became... Uh, shocking yeah, kind of, a shock. Yeah, really, and, in a way. and that was part of the self-indulgence of the whole thing. Yeah. I think, look, I, I, I don't want this to be moaning. I don't want this to sound like we hate theatre. Um, there were, and I, I really do champion this, it is a story that should be told. I just think that maybe it's not quite right. Now, that being said, people much more, um, much higher, the much higher regard than us have indeed given it a Pulitzer Prize already. Yeah, we're a bit baffled by that, but uh, <laughs> so, it has, you yeah, know, it's got one of the most prestigious the- prizes it can get. Yeah, you know, the same prize that Hamilton got. For, so, so, you know, um, the, there are definitely things that are good about this show. I wouldn't go and see it again, I don't think. I don't think it will transfer to London. I don't think it would sit well with the audience. There was a lot of American references, etc. Yeah, a lot of them went right over our heads, didn't they? But um, look, we're in America, so why not? So um, We look, should say that the audience loved it. Loved the it. audience that was there, there was a lot of people standing at the end. Uh, yeah. So it went down well. It was... A, 
it was a crowd pleaser. Um, quick word about the songs and the composition, the music. Yeah. Uh, we liked the first number, right? The first the number. The first number, we were excited for that, and that was reprised at the end, which we also liked. Everything else in the middle, I couldn't sing you a song. <laughs> I couldn't, at this point, I can't remember any of the songs. Um, and that's, you know, you, you want to walk away from a musical singing the song, right? You want to hum, hum the tunes. Um, it wasn't really there. I feel like it was underutilized. The cast were underutilized, the singing wise. Big sections without songs that easily could have translated to songs instead of being rants. But in any case, go and see it for yourself if you, if you happen to be it being Broadway because it is an interesting piece and I think you know we should be supporting it in the sense that we need new stories being told from new perspectives that is important okay so that's what we saw this afternoon let's go on to uh, what we've just uh, come out of seeing now we've been at the New World stages uh, and we've seen Americano a new musical now the book for this was by Michael Barnard Jonathan Rosenberg and Fernanda Santos music and lyrics by Carrie Rodriguez and I'm delighted to say for the first time on the podcast we're joined by one of our associate lecturers at ARU Beth Filler Beth you, you're one of our dance teachers uh, so you've just sat with us through uh, Americano uh, what were your thoughts on it did you enjoy it I hello first of all um, <laughs> I really wanted to enjoy it and I think the premise of it is brilliant it could have been absolutely amazing but for me it was a little bit painting by numbers of a musical um which was a real shame because i think the actual storyline and you know the voices that are are telling that story definitely need to be heard it's a great story um but it needs a little bit of work i think so this was uh this is based on a true story um and it's around it's based around the difficulty that some latin american uh i wouldn't say children have if they've been born outside of america and then have some subsequently been taken to america as kids that they don't have citizenship and so they don't therefore have all the rights of being a citizen of a country like being able to travel freely like being able to get social security and pensions and things like that and so it's about so one particular guy whose lifelong dream was to join the u.s marines and he's not allowed to because he discovers that he's not actually a citizen of the country he's uh, he's mexican and he's brought into the country as a child which he doesn't remember and so he then joins the fight to make that happen what we saw this afternoon was um at the kind of outer limits of what musical theater normally does it was much more it was very meta it was very conceptual this was completely the other side wasn't it It was quite safe it was a very traditional setup of here's a series of characters here's their dilemmas um and here are plenty of songs to go with them. plenty of songs we'll talk about that in a minute um so what was it for you that didn't quite work um so you kind of touched on a bit of it already there were a lot of songs <laughs> in the show a lot a lot of them and i feel like none of them were particularly earned um it was kind of we've got two lines then oh quick here's a song and let's sing this song um and there was no development into the song there was no um build up into the song yeah, I completely agree. Characters had not reached an emotional place no. where they needed to sing. No, not had they? At all. And then when we got the song, uh, it didn't really move us. It didn't really advance the plot. 
no um it was very much uh this is how i'm feeling right now in this exact moment this has just happened um it's not it's not well, even not even that it was a repeat it yeah. was i love you i'm going to now sing a three and a half minute song about the fact that i, I love you, you. It, we're not going anywhere we've not the stakes aren't high it's just uh, I wish it hadn't happened I've never come out of a musical wishing it were a play that's yeah. wow it's yeah, new for I, me I, I, I was I was thinking yeah there was a lot of songs that just did not need to happen um, Beth we, we are not dancers we are not choreographers so give us your expert opinion what did you think of the choreography first and then we'll talk about the way they executed it as dancers so what do you think of choreography so there were glimmers there were moments in throughout actually throughout the whole show um where there were some really nice moments of choreography but again not particularly earned um and as it kind of went on it became a little bit more again painting by numbers choreography very almost like here i am going to prepare and a pirouette like it was very obvious what was going to happen um, there was no clever tricks or um, staging or it just it was very bland there was I no think. wow there was factor, no wow factor was there? to the choreography and also there wasn't there wasn't a great deal of storytelling was there there was no. a lot of gesture yeah. there was a lot of I mean so we had we had dancing building site workers in the opening number mm-hmm. who kind of never came back we never saw them no. again did we <laughs> they never came back and they were uh, I'd say YMCA does building work it yes. was it was very camp and they really were pretending trying to be not and and then we had dancing u.s marines who were very camp and trying very hard not to be camp and 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 i do think that's one of the things that maybe gives musical theater a bad name when we do that kind of stuff we don't do it authentically we don't do it well no not at all um as you say it was very very camp and just obvious there's and nothing, there's nothing wrong with camp no, like let me say that there place. is nothing absolutely nothing place. wrong with it but what is wrong is when you're trying to be serious yes. and do that we are the marines and there's such little care given to characterization mm-hmm. and development that instead they're doing the steps and i don't like break I don't know, bringing themselves to it, bringing not themselves to it, trying to identify in some way, and it just becomes not genuine, like yeah. so not genuine, and that, that's when I check out of anything. Mm-hmm. That is instant check out, and it is why people hate musicals. Yeah. It really is. So, what did you think of the dancers? I thought the dancers were brilliant. There were two female dancers um, who really, really stood out and fully committed. Were brilliant technically, um, and I just really wish that there had been something more meaty for them to get into because they weren't shown off at all um there was a random almost dream ballet sequence where uh the two main dancers came on and started dancing and even in that i thought you know if you're gonna do it Mm -hmm. give them the chance to showcase themselves and go okay they're very good dancers this is what i can do Mm -hmm. um but even that they were swishing a skirt real honesty like there wasn't anything to it and I just I felt so sorry for them because I thought you're so good and you can see how amazing they are and they're really passionate and they're throwing themselves into it but they just weren't challenged at all 
So we should say again for balance that once again the audience for this one loved it. Uh, there was plenty. There were plenty of them on their feet at the end. It was only the three grumpy Brits in the third row who yeah. were, who were sat down. I think that there's a really interesting point there with this piece. This piece is about America. It is about the American dream, right? And, yeah. and Americans love the American dream. And and you know they they stood in the lane. I think the the cast loved telling this story. And the audience loved hearing the story, and they they saw themselves in it. They felt very proud, and yeah, I was very aware. You know, if people give a standing ovation, I tend to go along with it, even if I disagree with it. With this show here, I was I was in a state of shock for most of the second act with how I'm just going to say how terrible it was. And yeah, we 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 didn't stand. Uh, we did not stand for a standing ovation, and it became very apparent we were the three people in the audience who didn't stand and we were the three British people that is not a detriment to the piece like yeah great have a piece for yourself you know I'm sure we'll have Brexit the musical at some point and people will love it but for me it's not art telling genuine story it's soap opera yeah, yeah. And, and, and there were genuine problems with, say, the storytelling and the plot lines because we had uh, multiple plot lines, some of which were just dropped. Um, so we had, um, we had a, a sort of gang-related storyline, which could have been interesting and could have uh, talked a lot about whether gang-related violence was a real issue in, in Latin communities and things like that, but it just fizzled away and wasn't mentioned again. Uh, we also had a, a kind of a love interest uh, subplot with the main character's brother, which was just fine and, and didn't really do anything, didn't really do anything dramatic. So there were genuine um, storytelling problems with this. Uh, another, again, the music, uh, again, again a bit forgettable, right? Nondescript. I can't sing you a song from it. And that, what is this about? <laughs> like, what? You, you write, I mean, credit where credit's due. Think of Wicked. Think of Hamilton. Hamilton's is half rap and you can still go away singing a song. Um, where has this you want to listen to a soundtrack over and over again and love it and I just I've walked away I've watched two musicals on an average of probably 50 songs I've listened to today and I can't sing you one of them so let's um, kind of sum up our whole uh, we've seen uh, we've seen three in total Beth you've should, seen two so you're should we do stars we can do what stars. Would we, what would we give? We can do stars. We've seen. So we've seen. Uh, so we We've seen Hades Town. Uh, we've seen Americano, and we've seen Strange. a Strange Loop. So Beth, you didn't see a Strange Loop, but Hades Town. Uh, how many stars would you give uh, Hades Town? Oh. Uh, let's say a maximum of five. Yeah. Yeah, five stars for me. Five stars. You um, loved yeah, it. Yeah, I absolutely adored it. I think it was uh, technically beautiful. The set, um, creatively, just absolutely stunning, and. Um, the performers, I mean, wow. Just uh, and Adam, for me, it would be four stars. Fantastic show. Loved the performance. Really crap story. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, 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 and unfortunately... <laughs> I was looking for. I was looking for much more story. I thought the production values were very high. I'd probably only give Hades Town three stars. I wasn't wowed by it nearly as much as um, our, our students were, and indeed uh, a lot of the audience as well. Hades Town is twelve stars in total. Okay, good. Well, oh, well good. counted. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, a strange loop from uh, from you and me. Uh, what would you What would you give that that we saw this? The Pulitzer Prize winning strange Pulitzer, loop. Pulitzer Prize winning strange loop. I would give three stars. Thank you, cast is what I would say. I think that's incredibly generous. Uh, I'd give it. I'd give it one and a half. If you go, you are going to be harangued um, and shouted at, and uh, not in a fun way. Uh, so, and finally, Americano Beth, what would you give that? I would give that 
I mean, can we give half? Yeah, 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 I think I'm. I would give it a two and a half. I think again, dancers are saving it. Um, set very nice, but that's about forgettable. <laughs> for me, it would be two stars. The cast are really going for it, but fundamentally, it was two and a half hours of free air conditioning. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably give it two stars um, as well. So um, overall, you're going back to the UK, what are you? What, what do you think of the state of Broadway? And I mean, you know, we've seen two, three shows each, so you know, it's not unrepresentative. And a lot of the other shows we probably know from seeing know, in the yeah. West End, things like Wicked. Uh, you know, so where, what, how do you feel? What do you think that? How do you think they're at? I mean, I have been lucky that I've been to New York before and I've seen some Broadway shows here before. And it's a completely different experience this time round. I think last time, I don't know whether it's because I was a little bit younger and I was kind of still training, um, but I was absolutely blown away with the shows that I saw last time. Um, Newsies being one of them, and I was just literally in tears for most of it because it was so good. I just went, oh, this is what I want to do. Um, this time round, a little bit concerned, to be honest with you, um, about where we're at. I mean, obviously we have gone through a pandemic, um, so, you know, there's that. People, are, things are just starting to open up again. Um, but I feel like it's a little bit off its game at the moment. And usually I would say Broadway stuff holds a little bit of a higher candle to um, West End stuff. People are always like, Broadway, Broadway, Broadway. But I must admit, I've much more enjoyed the things I've seen on West End recently than I have here. So... Go West End. Go West End. Um, <laughs> Adam? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do agree. This is my first time here um, in New York as a, you know, working professional. I've come as a child. Uh, and yeah, I entirely agree. I think it's a very, very sad day when a show with a song entitled 76 Trombones is the hottest ticket in town. You know, Music Man should not be the hottest ticket in town at £500 a pop. Yes, I've looked. £500 plus tax, plus service fee. Um, it's Yeah, it's a weird, weird time. They, they do have a better standard here of training. They do have a better standard of performance. That is fact. Um, but I... I, I don't know if that better standard of performance. I, I, I mean, the, the, vo I the vocals this week have been fantastic. The, the dancing has has been a little bit off well that's yeah. why i'm shocked because they the training is better right yeah, it is a more focused triple threat definitely. training yeah like it's above and beyond like the dance training in america is can't be faulted like it is above it. and beyond you can't compare it at all no. they the type of classes they have over here compared to what we have at home like even things like uh, turns and jumps classes very rarely you would get that a niche class like that in england it's starting to creep in now, but they have so many more technique and broken down technique classes out here that the dancing is usually just top notch, absolutely top notch. Um, but we've not seen not that. Seen that we this week. Not seen no, that. No, we haven't seen, seen that this week. So yeah, so I am overall <laughs> a little bit disappointed. Look, I love a rubber show as much as anyone. I really do. Oh. Uh, I'm having a great time, but has it made me feel inspired? No, I felt more inspired when I saw Cabaret in London. I, I think like you, Beth, what you said about... I came uh, around eight, ten years ago, something like that. Uh, I saw a couple of West uh, Broadway shows. One of them was A Little Night Music, and it absolutely blew me away, and it was fantastic. And, yeah, and this this week has been... has ranged from lacklustre to poor. 
Uh, and not because of the performances, but because of the writing, really. That's been, that's been the stuff that's let it down. Uh, and maybe you're right. Maybe there's something about the pandemic and people haven't been able to do that developmental work and, and get in studio spaces with people and try stuff out. Uh, and actually, where we came today, the, this place called The World Stages, it's not like any of the other Broadway theatres we've been to because you go into a building and you go down in a below ground level and there are actually four stages here. So they're also showing things. They've got Jersey Boys on. They've got uh, Little Girl Blue, which is a story about Nina Simone. Uh, they've got um, what we saw tonight and another show as well. So they've got their developmental spaces. We were saying how lovely it would be for the West End to have that. Yeah, and they've got the public as well, places like that that we just, we just don't have in the UK. So, And yet... Yeah. They don't. Uh, the shows don't seem to be coming out. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a weird time. Maybe it is COVID, but for now we are leaving New York a little bit disappointed. But at least it's all tax deductible. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, we hope you've enjoyed our special episode uh, from New York of the podcast. We're off on a summer break now. Uh, we'll be back for season two in September when the new term starts and we hope to bring you lots more talk uh, about musical theatre some more quizzes as well of course and a few special guests as well Beth thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me I'm sure we'll have you back on uh, next year as well and thank you for listening we'll see you in season two bye bye, bye.